I, uh, eight o'clock because you know. All right. Welcome everybody here to Sports Talking Network and here for Talking Packers with Steve. He's been live here today. Um, going over what was the last week, heading into the next week. Um, I know uh, we have the AFC and NFC Championship games uh, coming up. We got the Ravens and the Chiefs, and we got the uh, Lions and the Niners in the NFC side. So in regards to most of the NFL fan base that aren't fans of said teams, I would say that most want to see the Lions-Ravens battle at Super Bowl. Um, and then least likely they want Niners facing the Chiefs. I think we don't – I think that would be the one that uh, – from my understanding and seeing on social media, you know, people will have to be like, you know, if only both teams could lose, right? But uh, someone will win if they do lose that battle. But I know for, for most – we want the Lions to, to make it, you know, especially for the NFC North, uh, repping the NFC North. And, um, you know, the Packers could have taken down the Niners, but we didn't in the end. So as close as it was, it didn't happen. Um, um, the Bills had a chance to beat the Chiefs, but it didn't happen. So as close as it is, it didn't happen. So, um, you know, we move forward with what the matchups are. Um it's interesting talking to Ravens fans. Um, we're going to have uh, my buddy Bimo, Fra- Bimo uh, here, here uh, shortly or when he can. Um, but right now, we have, uh, we have a Chiefs fan here. And who knows if, if he's even going to be able to be here by the time you have to leave. But um, maybe not. Maybe, we'll, maybe I'll just be one-on-one with you and then one-on-one with him. But before I keep rambling, let's welcome our, our guest of the, of the guest of honor, really. Philip uh, from Chiefs Focus and doing his own thing as well. You know, you, you got you got the Ravens, but you got to go there. You got another road game. You know, people counting you out the first time because you have to be on the road, period, with Patrick Mahomes. How will we do on the road? Um, but be able to get that one done. But now it's the Ravens. It's, it's Lamar Jackson. It's that beast of an offense. Um, that team that can – Put up 14 points and make your head spin. So, um, your offense with its uh, well tight end Kelsey um, and Mahomes there. But just overall, you know, heading into this, heading into this week, heading into the big game, the winner gets to go to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs win; they actually get to be there to defend their world crown. Um, if not, we will have a new AFC champion and a new world champion. Um, but. The floor is yours. What are your thoughts in regards to the Chiefs' kingdoms being prepared to face a Ravens team that might make you nervous? Uh, do you want to know what – Hey, but by the way, I want to say hello, everybody. Um, I'm glad to be on here, man. Thank you for having me on here. Um, but I don't want to come off arrogant or anything else like that because, you know, it's been a long week for me personally. But um, if you want to know what the forecast is here overall about all of that, about the Ravens, it's complete calm, just like last week with the Bills. That's just all I can say, because we have faced this Ravens team before. The last time we played the Ravens, we actually could have been 4-0 against Lamar Jackson if Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't fumble the football. And 
that's what led to Lamar's first win. And I wasn't really mad about that. I thought, hey, and all right, this is my story. Um, I formerly worked with the Chiefs from 2018 to uh, July of 2023. My last um, event was working the Taylor Swift concert, which is funny how ironic she would end up with Travis later on. But um, I watched those two battles between Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And the moment that made me say, wow, Mahomes is really the Michael Jordan of the NFL and the Chiefs finally found their guy was in that first matchup between Lamar in 2018 when that fourth and nine play where Mahomes just that play that looked seemed like an Andrews play and it was in the air. And if you was there at that stadium that day, Steve, Stevie and Mary and Sproles, if you guys were there when that ball was in the air, just like the Harrison Bucker kick against the Bengals in the AFC title game, it was complete silence when that ball was in the air. But when Tyreek Hill caught that ball, the stadium erupted like this. <laughs> stadium shaped and i was even going crazy like oh my gosh that was the craziest play i ever seen in my life in person and that's what i said we really had the michael jordan of the nfl and this was 2018 and lamar actually had me on the edge of my seat while i was biting my nails because i was like okay this might be the guy who could be like the nemesis similar to like peyton manning and tom brady like and everybody kept on saying it was josh allen and um Mahomes, it's really Lamar and Mahomes when you talk Manning and Brady. When you look at it, and I really got nothing but love and respect for Lamar Jackson, and he is really the MVP of this year. And like Mahomes is the reigning MVP, but Lamar is truly the league MVP. I think he's playing better, and I think he is a better passer than he was in 2019. Because even after that first exit in the playoffs in 2019, you saw him at the Pro Bowl where you kind of saw his passing was a little close in the Bills competition. I think he's got better. But when you look at it, this is going to be the first and the nerves is going to get to you. Think about what it was like that for Mahomes, where he did it as like a 22 year old at that time. And yeah, there were nerves, but the fact that he was hanging with the great Brady in that game, and if it wasn't for the offside D4 play interception by Charvarius Ward who went from undrafted rookie to now an all-pro with the uh, 49ers. If it had stand, we would have played the Rams in the Super Bowl that year, and we would have had four Super Bowl appearances by the Chiefs, and now we're looking to play for our fourth now um, if we get past the Ravens this Sunday. And it's just nothing but complete silence and calm, like, man, we good. And you're seeing Mahomes' personal uh, trainer – Bobby Stroop is already out there, like he did last week, tagging or like saving and bookmarking those who is saying anything negative about Pat. And Pat is already like, all right, all right, like Michael Jordan. I'm going to take it personal. Uh, well, first, let's welcome our other guest, Doug uh, Sproles, that I see on here. Um, good evening, sir. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Uh, in regards to outside looking in, right, uh, as a Packer fan, you know, for this Ravens Chiefs matchup, what are your what are your thoughts on on, on this game uh, from your personal opinion? You know, uh, a couple things. First of all, I think um, I'm a little worried about the Chiefs playmakers. Um, that Ravens defense is is pretty good, um, and and it just doesn't seem like Mahomes has the same kind of weapons that he had the, in the in the past. But if it comes down to quarterbacks, uh, I'm kind of with Philip there. I think I like Mahomes 
experience and calm. Um, Jackson is absolutely a terrifically talented guy uh, who who adds a lot, you know, with the, with the running dimension and the way that they use him. Um, but you know, I got to say that sometimes it comes down, as we saw in the Packer game, it comes down to to you know who's going to make a play. And, um, you know, if your guys had that experience that Mahomes has had in the biggest stages, um, then, you know, you get, you gotta, you gotta like that. I mean, some of the plays that he's made when he's been hurt and, uh, you know, when he's been ineffective for a while and then all of a sudden he it clicks in and he figures out how to make that play. So, so I, I give a, a very slight razor thin edge to the Kansas city in this matchup. And let's welcome my co-host, Mary, from the Mac and Cheese Podcast. How are you doing, Mary? And I guess just general thoughts from you, from you uh, for this Ravens-Chiefs matchup in Baltimore. <laughs> I'm doing well, um, kind of. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to the Ravens and the Chiefs. What, what are your thoughts in, in for that matchup? But yeah. <laughs> Mary? Um anyways, um, like I said before in regard to this this battle, you know, for the AFC crown. Um, you know, I guess being a little bit early in regards to that, I would certainly say that uh, um, probably would be picking uh, picking the Chiefs um, in a close game. Um, um, I just think in regards to quarterback matchups, the Sproles and Philip are talking about too. You know, I just feel that um, Lamar Jackson has a tendency to like uh, let his emotions get to him too much during a game. I think that might, uh, depending on how the Chiefs' defense is, and they're getting after him, knocking him down, maybe not any sacks, but getting hits, uh, there will be a time where he'll flinch and then he'll, he'll throw a pick, um, whether it's an earned pick or an easy pick six that Green Bay should have got that our guy didn't hold on to. Um, but, um, but I think oh, something like that's going to happen. Did you? you had to remind us, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, it did happen, so, you know. <laughs> Uh, but, no, no, I'm going to go with the Chiefs over the Ravens. Um, I have them pulling away. Um, but I have 27-13 Chiefs uh, getting the win on the road and uh, being able to stop this Ravens offense. Um, I don't think that running game is going to be able to get started in Baltimore. Um, I think that's going to be their issue. And when you can't start a running game, you're not going to be able to work off of that. So, um, and – Jeez, oh my gosh. You know, the, the running tandem in Kansas City is unbelievable. And, um, you know, Isaac Pacheco, uh, just seeing through media posts and all that, he seems like an awesome dude, just as much as a great player. So, you know, um, much respect for him. Um, and, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Chiefs there. Um, I think they're going to get the win. Um, I know a lot of friends, like I said, that I know that are definitely going to be uh, hoping for a Ravens blowout, but. For me, I'm going to predict the Chiefs to get a win. Like I said, 27-13, um, my official score prediction prediction there. Um, 
just quickly on the other end, we got the NFC with the Lions um, and the Niners. Um, you know, for me, it's it, this, this Lions team is built different. It is different, and I think they're going to be able to get it on the road. If Green Bay can have a chance to get it to get San Francisco, I'm pretty sure Detroit can. Um, and I'm going to be uh, rooting for them to get the win, which will then set up the Chiefs versus the Lions, a rematch of week one. You know, the, the Chiefs still were without players in week one for sure, mainly Chris Jones. Um, um, as I remember, because from, from the week one game, he was sitting in a either in a regular seat or luxury box seat, whatever seat he was sitting yeah, in. Yeah, man, in the luxury seat, man. I'm I, I working at Arrowhead. That's where he was sitting, man, with oh. the Cats Brothers the agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and wanting to see him lose and know, yeah, he's going to be making that money. Um, and um, but now, if, if it could be a rematch with him in the game, hey, um, Kelsey. it's going to be it would be yep, him and Kelsey, yep, Kelsey just, exactly. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I would look forward to that game. Though I'm going to be honest, if it does happen, um, it'll be tough for me which way to pull for, but I think I'll be happy either way. If it is that way, but I know it's it would be a, a good game, and I know um, for me personally, I'd like to see Dan Campbell and that team finish what they started, finish finish their story, right? Do what Cody Rhodes is trying to do at WrestleMania, finish his story, and yeah. uh, and uh, if Cody can do it in April, then Dan can do it in February. So, bro, I thought about this too, Stevie. And I need to get on that uh, WWE thing. I just haven't because my main focus is really with football, especially Chiefs thing, especially what I'm mm-hmm. going to have going forward. So I have a prediction. Don't be surprised if Cody and CM Punk both ride out high in the end of April at WrestleMania. I would love to see that because, you know, the storyline about CM Punk right. not yeah. main eventing. WrestleMania. Let's see, he, he finally, it's similar to like, I know we know I want to bring this name up, Chris Benoit, but Chris Benoit and Guerrero at the end of WrestleMania. That to me is still one of my favorite moments, my favorite WrestleMania moment ever to this day. Excuse me. You know what I mean? They both came up together. And oh, yeah, yeah. There. And it's like that could be just like that for CM Punk and also Cody because Cody should have won last year, man. But, you know, Triple H and the business and all that. You know, I was I was stunned when that happened and and um I wasn't surprised more. though, man. It was like it's the same old stuff that Vince and it that speaks right. to what CM Punk said. But, but was then is now, right? Triple H regime, it's all different, right? And tomorrow night, just to oh, let everybody know that they might be watching live tomorrow night, whether Philip could make it or not. Um, but tomorrow night will be uh Steve's wrestling ramble. We'll be back on air uh with Emily. Um, we will be predicting what is the Royal Rumble of 2024. I also yesterday sent out the tweets. Uh, for everybody for the Royal Rumble pool for the Ramble. Um, so everybody has their number. And that is both for the men's and women's Royal Rumble. If your person wins, then you have a chance to win. Um, but yeah, like I said, that will be tomorrow. We will be diving into what is Royal Rumble because we have Elimination Chamber. Then we'll come up and we're forward to WrestleMania. So a lot of different things could be happening there. Had a great segment with CM Punk and, and uh, Cody Rhodes from Raw. And we'll be talking about that all tomorrow night. But here, we're talking about football and uh and Sproles, um, in regards to the NFC side, I know for some Packer fans, it's tough to want to be cheering for the Lions, right? I've seen that on Twitter. That's not no-go, right? Um, for me, I'm fine with it. But for you, 
What's your thoughts on that? Are you pulling for the Lions or do you want the Niners to win just because it's against the Lions, even though they're the ones that, you know, just beat us? You know, it's funny. In uh, in our neck of the woods, uh, it seems like Vikings are public enemy number one and Bears are public enemy number two. And, you know, the Bears are kind of like that little your little brother that you used to beat up all the time. And you, you don't really take that uh, seriously. Um, but their fans have just been talking so much smack the last year. Ever since Aaron Rodgers got traded, their fans have just been off, you know, off the hook about we're taking back the North and yada, yada, yada. And just, you know, just mm-hmm. like that. Um, Detroit, on the other hand, I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to get mad at them. I mean, we had a string there where we beat them, I don't know, 15 straight times or something like that. So, again, I don't think of that as a rivalry. Yeah, they're in our division, and and we have to play them twice a year, and those games now are tough. I mean, they've come into Lambeau a couple times and, and you know, beat the snot out of us. And, um, you know, so, so yeah, I think things are definitely changing, Campbell, and that, you know, the the GM there uh, have, have built – so, you know, they've had a lot of high draft picks and they build a really strong team. So I'm not looking at this and saying, oh, no, I can't root for them. I will say that I'm I'm, I'm going to use the term agnostic. I'm kind of going to sit and, and root for a good game. And normally what happens when that goes on is you find yourself pulling one way or the other. As a Packer fan, we don't like the Niners. They've knocked us out of the playoffs a couple times. And, you know, you don't like the Niners either. So I'm just going to sit there rooting for a good game and, and like you said, I mean, it'd be kind of cool. The, the one the one angle that I am taking right now is it'd be kind of cool if the Lions were, you know, won the Super Bowl. Sorry, Philip. Um, because that would mean that in our division, the only team to not win the Super Bowl would be the Vikings. And, you know, that I would get a chuckle out of that, right? Um, so it'd be kind of fun to say, yeah, the Lions have a trophy. The Bears have a trophy. We've got four trophies. You know, Kansas City's got a bunch of trophies and all that kind of stuff. So, but you know, just in terms of that of the of the uh, 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 Lions uh, Niners game, I, I look at it and I said, you know, if Debo can't play, and he may not be able to play, you know, he didn't he played nine snaps against the Packers. Uh, you know, if Debo can't play, that's a different team. Um, also, I think that the Lions front may get after. Um, Purdy a little bit more than the Packers did. Uh, I really was surprised. I thought we were going to be hitting him all day long, and, and we really did. Um, I think maybe we only got one sack and maybe four or five hits. But that's the key. You got to hit the quarterback. And um, and I think the Lions front may be able to do that. And if they can do that and Debo is not, you know, playing, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking that that's going to go in favor of, of – um, you know, of, of the, of the lions. The one limiting factor I think is that for the lions, uh, you know, golf is the same way. If you can hit him and, and with Bosa and chase young and those, that those monsters on the D line there, um, if they can hit, if they can hit golf, he's going to throw you the ball a couple of times. And, and I think the Niners defensive backs will catch him. <laughs> Or, you know, Fred Warner or Jay Greenlaw will catch him, uh, whereas the Packers didn't catch him, you know. So, uh, and that that's that's a big part of the game. If you can create those turnovers. So, that there there could be that leveling uh, effect there. Uh, but I still think at the end of the day, I think that uh, this is going to go the Lions way. And uh, and then and then we'll see. And like you said, if, you're, if your prediction's true, it'll be the Lions versus Kansas City. And, 
and that'll be an interesting uh, interesting game. And let's hear from the, the Chiefs fan over there, Philip. Um, regards to the outside looking in, look at the NFC North battle. We got the 49ers and the Lions, of course. We were talking about who do you see getting the win there to, you know, potentially right. face your team. Right, right. All right. So, um, so Sprouse, there's nothing hard taking about the Niners, but um, I will say this if we do see the Niners in the Super Bowl, I think we'll have the same confidence riding in, especially against the Niners. We, we played them last season. Uh, majority of their guys that's on that roster right now are the same defense that we played against. And a former chief by the name of Charvarius Ward is there. So Spags knows his game and he's going to find a way of, um, you know what I mean? Trying to have, cause you know, you got the strengths and the weaknesses of the players. And then also we got a former 49er, Charles Amenahue, a guy who never played against the lions in that game. Cause he faced the six game suspension and he had seven sacks in the last five games. And if you look at his rate and if he never got suspended, he could have had a double-digit sack season, and if he had a double-digit sack season, we would actually lead the league in sacks this year, and that's the case here. So anyway, about the Lions and 49ers, uh, I think the Niners got the Lions in a lot of categories. I think, you know, Brock Purdy could outduel um, Jared Goff. Uh, I think George Kettle could take out that defense. And also you got, we don't know about Debo Samuel's health, but you got Brandon Ayuk and Juwan Jennings. But I do think there's an X factor that could really help the Lions in this game, and it's Jameer Gibbs. I mean, dude, Jameer Gibbs was one of my top 10 favorite players from the draft from this past draft. And I said if the Chiefs ever land him, especially if he was like late first or second, early second, whatever, or David A. Chain, their speed, and tagging with Pacheco, we would have like a two-handed monster, and you wouldn't have to worry about the Chiefs wide receiver issues. You know, like those guys would open up space for the receivers to make the plays and make their job easy. So when you look at that, that's why I bring that X factor because you, the Lions and the 49ers have two of the best run defenses, especially against running backs this season in the league. But there's one advantage that the Lions have over the Niners. The Niners are not good against pass catching running backs this year. And Gibbs and you got David Montgomery will play a huge, huge factor into that. And I mean, I would say that I could easily go with the Niners in this one. And I always do these predictions like this where I have this team over this team, but I still see an upset alert. So you could say, count me down, Niners over the Lions, but it's an upset alert. And my upset alert score would be Lions 24, uh, 49ers 21. All right, all right. Oh, and also I just um, realized in regards to news, in regards to your division, Philip, um, Harbaugh is coming to uh, the AFC and he's going to be the head coach of the LA Chargers. So the Chargers are going to be uh, bolting up and being ready for the next season and um, trying to be, uh, well, try to be competition. Uh, they're in the division um, and taking over the Chiefs um, and all that. So that's certainly um, some big news. I don't know for sure if he really was going to leave Michigan, but uh, I guess it is uh, It is happening. He's going to the Chargers. Um, still waiting in regards uh, to the other the coaching cycles and whatnot. Uh, who's going to go with them where? And, and uh, I know the Falcons um, um, interviewing a couple of times and, and – um, you know, see if that's be able to land for uh, for Bill. Um, uh, they're in Atlanta, 
But so here's here's the question for you guys: Is Harbaugh going to the Chargers, or is he going away from Michigan and potential sanctions that might happen? <laughs> Somebody posted a, a a meme on uh on on just X just a minute ago before we hopped on. It was the one of like Sean Shank redemption where they were trying to get to uh Andy Dufresne and then they looked at the hole. It says that's the NCAA trying to uh <laughs> the charges down on Jim Harbaugh and then as soon as they open the door, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like and that's why I'm laughing about it. Like yeah man that, that it doesn't phase the Chiefs. I mean it's great to see that <laughs> Especially you got Antonio Pierce. I mean, the Chiefs, we're going to focus on trying to get revenge against the Raiders when the Grinch stole our Christmas. Man, it was just terrible. But uh, <laughs> especially I hope Jack Jones is still there next season. He's definitely a Raider, man. But um, And the thing about that moment where they said, oh, he, did, he didn't give the kid a ball. This is the story. He actually was trying to get the kid a ball, but one of our fans, we got some jackass fans in Chiefs Kingdom. I'm not admit, afraid to admit to say that. Somebody tried to take it from a little kid, and dude was like, nah, man, come on. Like, that's what really what it was. But he played his game, but he came back trash talking on the field. He just played his game and respect to you, man. But we're going to get that revenge next season. But when you got Harbaugh, I'm like, yeah, it's like a mixture of what he did in San Fran to like what you've seen was going on with the Bills and McDermott. I really see that in our division, and I really see the Chiefs, Raiders, and the Chargers going to the playoffs next season in the AFC. Wow. Finally, the Wild Wild West is back. That's all I can say. You got Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Antonio Pierce, and now Mr. Khakis, Mr. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> and I wonder, who is that Uncle T – donor from michigan hmm we know a famous university of michigan alumnus who's kind of involved in similar circumstances like this uncle t you're talking about a guy they call the goat <laughs> never know <laughs> never know man it's um yeah yeah i didn't even think about that I forget about or forgot about all that stuff in michigan and potential uh, stations and stuff coming down, and and but with uh, him being able to, to to leave and be able to to now go to the Chargers, um, you know. But let's not forget about Denver either, you know, and, and what they're trying to do, and if they are gonna gonna get rid of Russell or not, probably, and uh, move on. From him they have their quarterback, you know. I he, mean, because because they basically played that hand with benching Russell. So I mean, they have their quarterback right now. Now they can get one trade or draft or whatever, but, um, you know, that's, I think that sets them back a little bit. Like you said, Harbaugh can get there with Justin Herbert. You know, you've got Mahomes. Uh, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. You know, again, they, you, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a shot in this league. You know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, very true, very true in that regard, you know, and I really hope that, uh, hopefully that division can be, can be something just as much as, uh, as some here in the NFC, um, you know, we got the, the fighting or the situation there in Dallas and their and their stuff and uh, Commanders and Giants just trying to be something. So, um, you know, I still feel bad in regards to my Super Bowl pick because I, I had what I had. But, um, but you know, hopefully now as it is actually constructed, we have uh, we could have a new champion. Um, uh, hmm. You know. I was just going to think and, and say in regards to the Chiefs, in regards to, you know, what they have been and what they can be. Um, I guess here before you go, Philip, 
Um, any any last, I guess maybe last words or whatnot, because then we got to get go here. But um, mm -hmm. regards to the Chiefs, regard regards to the future, because for me, I wonder next season. You know, I'm not saying the playoff window is closed. No, obviously not. But I'm just saying, you know, how long can this last? Uh, you know, uh, just like any team, any season, you know, things change. Um, but for you guys and for the Chiefs kingdom, you guys think this this will be able to stay pat mostly for your roster for at least the next four to six years, if not mm -hmm. ten. You guys think you still can have this dynasty? Because the dynasty only starts when you actually, you know, build up the Super Bowl wins, let alone in a row for AFC title games. Yeah, man, I, we're, we're already building that dynasty right now. Um, what I will say is this, that um, you just got to approach every year like it's every new year, especially like especially when you sign players to one-year deals because you're building around and looking like what guys fit for your team and like the construction of the team. Like when you add Mike Edwards, you add a Minihue and Tranquil, you realize, dang, with these guys added to what we got with this roster, especially without Frank Clark last season, we became a top three defense. And I knew this defense was capable of doing that when we got Spags, because I remember seeing what Spags did with the Giants, especially that year in 2016 when he had Janoris Jenkins and Dominique Rogers Camardi, and you had Olivia Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul uh, rushing. And then you also got Damon Snacks Harrison and Jonathan Hankins, all those guys. And uh, the Chiefs were capable of doing that as long as you got that aspect and also build the guys around Pat especially also taking into consideration uh, with Kelsey being 35 in 2024, you know, consider, you know, getting his eventual replacement. He's got two good years left in him. And I'll just say it like this. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl this year or the next, either one, whichever one. I wouldn't be surprised if Trav said, you know, I'm calling the quits after this and I'm ready to move on. So I think the Chiefs would definitely have all those things in consideration. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, let's say, he wins this year and it says, you know, I'm gonna come back for one more last one more, one more. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. So I feel like our window hasn't closed, but what you saw with the bills and it's no shade to our Buffalo, but I gotta say it, man, your window's closing, man. I'm sorry, but our window, I feel confident because as long as you got Pat on that remaining contract, our window is still hot, man. And you got Andy Reed and depending on what Andy does in the future, um, don't believe all that Florio stuff because Florio is just a straight, straight up chief stater, man. And he's just foaming at the mouth just for ratings like Skip Bayless does. And um, and the one thing I want to leave with before I get out of here, because um, mm -hmm. uh, actually I can you know, be on before actually eight o'clock is because it's seven uh, fifty four, you know, right now. My time here in KC. I mean, actually, Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, I was going to put out three keys that is going to help the Chiefs to win against this game against Baltimore, you know, like. Once again, you got to don't stop feeding Pacheco. Like you mentioned, Steve, you're showing a reference. I really think Pacheco could be like our version of Aaron Jones. And mm -hmm. Aaron Jones, I wanted him originally. And the fact that y'all got him in the sixth round, that value, and that's what Pacheco is like for us. And I'm very happy of how we utilize him. Continue to ride the high hand of Pacheco. It's been a revelation for us all season. We are more efficient when you're running the ball more with him. And, you know, he's in the last two postseason games, He's had 186 yards rushing, averaging almost five yards a carry, two rushing touchdowns on 39 carries. And, you know, having Pacheco to set the tone of the offense will put Mahomes in advantage passing situations. 
and you're going against this high-powered Ravens offense. And we might struggle to keep up with them, especially when we've had our red zone issues and the drop issues. And we just got to take advantage of those things. And when McCall Harmon stretched out and he fumbled that ball, it wasn't his fault. Yes, it could have cost us the game against the Bills, but that's on the coaches. So that's why it's very important to keep the ball in Pop's hand, feed the beast. And it's going like often running the ball, moving the chains, and eating up the clock, time of possession. Number two, keep Lamar Jackson contained in the pocket. I mean, you might not be able to because he can run inside the pocket or outside, but you got to keep him contained. He's the most dangerous. Oh, you still okay? I thought. I'm what <laughs> anyway, okay, yeah. Lamar, you know, was the most dangerous when he's extending plays outside the pocket. One of <laughs> Lamar's keys is the, for success is his patience at the line of scrimmage as he waits for his blocks to form when they give him time in the pocket and the running lanes to open when it's the, a design run for him, especially if you don't have a spy on him, which the Texans didn't do last week. And the Chiefs, they're going to take a look like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a spot, whether it's Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, maybe Leo Chanel, tricking him into thinking it's going to be Leo, then Willie comes out another way. Hey, hey, Lamar, boom. I'm sorry. But that usually allows Zay Flowers or Odell Beckham Jr. to create separation deep when he's extending on the outside. If the Chiefs can be also more aggressive at the line of scrimmage, they will have a better chance of slowing down Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, in that run game and keeping Lamar in the pocket will limit the Ravens exposure to those big deep passes that Lamar could hit at those moments. And his accuracy dips in the face of pressure, but it also dips when throwing from clean pockets. Sometimes I've seen it from Lamar and last but not least protect 15, the franchise besides having a physical front, like the Mike McDonald led Ravens defense, it's known for his, his aggressive play calling in terms of blitzes and pressures that he dials up. They didn't dial up as much of that pressure last season compared to this year, which is why they're the best defense in the NFL. For the Chiefs to leave Baltimore, Maryland with a victory and to advance to defend the world crown, they need to keep the pocket clean with Patrick Mahomes and ensure that the pressure doesn't disrupt his timing and rhythm of the passing game. And the office has to consider utilizing more no huddle this game to disrupt the communication of the Ravens defense that wants to uh, use those elaborate coverage disguises as certain blitzes, providing Mahomes more time at the line of scrimmage to the to the to diagnose those roles and you know disguises, and give him more time to call audibles and checks, which puts this team in the best ex- chance to win. So those are those three keys that. I believe that's going to help the Chiefs get back to defend the Super Bowl. And 58, we're doing it for 58 number for Derek Thomas. Yeah, yeah. And for here, I know we've heard earlier before um, in regards to um, what I do here, I'm just going to share here. Um, but maybe this won't have to change. I don't know if you can see it, but we got the Chiefs there with the logo. Uh, that's where I put the Super Bowl champions every year. They sit there for a year with their helmet with the correct logo. Um, and maybe, just maybe, it'll just stay right there. Um, and uh, and we'll, we'll we'll have to see. Hello, Foster, uh, here in the chat room sharing his predictions. He wants Ravens and Lions. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, 
I guess we'll we'll see about that. But anyways, uh, Philip does have to go, so give him back the floor, let him promote uh, what he does, where he is, and all that jazz. Yes, sir. Um, well, I'm a writer for Chiefs Focus. Uh, I write articles and uh, I do podcasting. Uh, follow me at Chiefs Fans, Chiefs Fan for Life, uh, Chiefs C H I F C C H I E F S F A N number the number four L Y F E. That's my uh, X handle and uh, or Instagram at Magruder P Mac M C G R U D E R P M A C. That's my Instagram handle, and uh, I'm also a disability rights activist for the Self Advocate Coalition of Kansas. Like to throw my business card up here for them as well, and uh, I have a form of autism, and I'm glad what I do on the regular, and um, very thankful for this opportunity, and to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this chance to do the things that I do, and. Uh, I didn't do this on the last show, but I want to shout out to two Packer fans out there. My guys, um, actually three Packer fans, uh, my uh, guy, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Charles Jetty, and also uh, Stephanie Sanford. Um, you guys um, are part of Packer Nation. And uh, these are folks here in the state of Kansas that I deal with who love the Packers, especially Kevin. Steve, if you ever got a chance, froze, you guys ever got a chance to meet him, um, y'all be crazy because be like wow a guy from kansas who loves the packers but he's really a diehard guy knows everything about it man it's been a limbo throughout his whole life and uh that's the better thing about being in lawrence going to ku you see a wide nfl fans not just chiefs fans it's mostly chiefs but you get broncos seahawks packers whatever man so no prediction in this casey because taylor swift's billions brings them <laughs> hey man we might know we don't know what the script is, but we'll see. But uh maybe it's time for the Chiefs to embrace the villain role like we did last week. So hey man, it's what it is. So thank you guys for having me on and uh, good luck next season. But hey man, don't feel bad about that love interception. We've had that Mahomes made interceptions like that before. He's gonna get better, and I trust me, he's definitely working in the lab after that moment right now. And don't be surprised if y'all get to the NFC championship, almost shocking people getting to the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> Thanks, Peace. Philip. Just followed you. Thank you, man. Thank you. All right, guys. I'm about to get out of here so I can take care of some business. Yes, sir. See ya. Right. See ya. Oh, yeah. There you go, Foster. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, geez. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, Mary, I know you weren't able to, to speak on really either game. I'll let you go through your, your predictions. I know we only have two games, but I'll go through the AFC and NC Championship games the way you see it, and the way you predict it. <laughs> the Chiefs one? Is that the one I'm doing? Yeah, you, well, you're doing both, but, Chiefs? you know, however, whatever order you want to do. Whatever order okay. you want to do, you're doing both. Well, okay. one, one after the other. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I have the Ravens for Chiefs versus Ravens. I just think Lamar Jackson's going to do wonderful against that game. <laughs> and for Lions and 49ers, I have the Lions. I just want to see the 49ers get beaten finally against us to get revenge.
<laughs> sorry about that. I uh, was just, uh, oh no, sorry about that. I was just replying to Foster in the chat room. Um, but, but yeah, you know, like I said, for me, I have Lions versus, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Lions versus the, uh, the Chiefs, uh, my predictions. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, uh, certainly will be, it will be a fun game. Um, either way, however, however, the both games go, you know, certainly will be, um, entertaining, um, what was entertaining was most of the Packer game last week against the 49ers. Um, it just didn't end the way we wanted it to. And I think it had more to do than just the missed kick, in my opinion. Um, but it was the thing that cost us the game. I know a lot of Packer fans are wanting us to get rid of our kicker after one year. I don't know about that. But, um, you know, we did get rid of our defensive coordinator today. And... Um, and some other coaches too. So, you know, certainly see who, who we're going to get in, in those realms, you know. And, um, you know, like I said, divisional games, you know, they were fun, right? But the Ravens over the Texans, 34 to 10. The Niners over the Packers, 24 to 21. The Lions beating over the Buccaneers, but having a close game, 31 to 23. And of course, the Chiefs over the Bills, 27 to 24. But Sproles, in regards to the Packer game and, and what was um, what? Are, what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts then, right after the game? Your thoughts now, being able to cool down from from what was a tough loss? Yeah, it was a tough loss, and I think uh, <clears throat> I think it, it it hurts even more because I was listening. I don't know if you know who Bob McGinn is, but McGinn is a long term Packer writer, um, and I guess he's in semi retirement right now. But he was doing a podcast around. Uh, you know, the fact that those opportunities, you think about the Packers run and they were six and eight, you know, just losing to the losing to the, uh, the the Giants and the Buccaneers, two games that I think we both looked back on and said, yeah, we ought to win those games. But but then they they, they ran the table. They, they won the last three and then they went to Dallas and and they spanked Dallas, you know, so they really got hot at the right time. Aaron Jones came back. Love got really in a groove um they have this great diversity of wide receivers that you know it doesn't matter who's on the field their love's going to go to whoever's open and you got you know some really and, and here's the thing they're all young all of these guys are young and so they don't know any better they don't know that well maybe i'm supposed to feel pressure because it's you know it's a divisional game well guess what they didn't care um so so, you know, that's the kind of thing that you you rarely get a situation where all of that stuff is coming together. And it did. And we had the lead on the Niners and and we couldn't finish the deal. And and I'm sorry, don't blame the kicker. Um, in fact, I have a buddy who's a student of kicking and um, he pointed out that it's a, it's an entire operation. Right. So you got three guys, holder, uh, a snapper, a holder and a kicker. And the, it was pouring down rain, you know, and and that operation was not the way it should have been. And, yeah, I mean, kickers sometimes make great kicks even when the snap isn't good or the hold isn't good. But in this case, I, you know, I don't think you can sit there and just put all the blame on, on Carlson. I honestly think that, you know, it's, it was the, the whole the entire operation. All those guys are new. Give them time and, and they'll be fine. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, what I think you have to take a look at is whether Carlson makes that kick or not, we're still up. 
Um, and, you know, and then the Niners drove down the length of the field and we had opportunities to make plays. We didn't make plays. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's why Barry is no longer the coordinator because you look at that and said, that's a, a game winning situation where your defense has to step up and they weren't able to step up and stop, you know, a, a Niner team that we said has been a little bit compromised is the fact that they didn't have uh, Debo. So, uh, and, and the other thing I think that was one of the hidden things, and I noticed this as soon as it happened, is somewhere about midway through the third quarter, the Packer right tackle Zach Tom gets knocked out of the game. And I think it was a head injury or something. They actually had to, they stopped the, the play to get him off the, uh, the field. Um, and, you know, he and, and Rasheed Wallace had really kind of just shut Bosa down. Um, but after he went out, it seemed like the offense just didn't click like it had before. And uh, that's something that I think the team's going to have to look at going forward is to say, you know, you got to make sure that you've got the right guys in the right spots. And the offensive line is really uh, – that that's the perfect example of chemistry because it's not necessarily the five best athletes, but it's the five guys that work well together, communicate effectively – on, and cover for each other. And th they were doing a great job, I thought, up until Tom got hurt. And then it's just like, um, you know, they put the backup Nyman in. And um, I'm not saying he he gave up pressure immediately, but I don't think they had the same chemistry that they did with Zach Tom there. Uh, so the offense just didn't click. And, again, they had, they had plays. We talked about the interception. Again, you know, that's, that's a young player mistake, right? And – Favre made those uh, plays. Rodgers made those plays, you know. And, and so I don't say you excuse Jordan Love, but you do say you got to learn, you know, take that mistake and you got to learn from it. And I, and I think that's where we are right now. The good news, unlike, you know, the last three, four, five years, at that time, I think as a Packer fan, every time we'd lose, it felt like the window was getting close, you know, was getting more and more closed right you just like how are we going to be able to keep all these guys and, and guys are getting older and whatever now you look at it and say most of their key players are in the first couple of years and in the nfl typically players get better for the first three four five years of their career and then it kind of plateaus and then they start to go down so you look at most of those guys i mean there's a handful of guys that are are you know preston is, is a little bit old devondre campbell's a little bit old um, Kenny Clark's going to up there, but other than those guys, the rest of them are all young guys. And so that's where I think you look at it and say, maybe the window could be getting more and more open as they get more experience and they get better at their, at their jobs and all that. So, so that's kind of, you know, what, what my, uh, what my, my feeling is right now is that, you know, cautiously optimistic for the future, but, um, we blew an opportunity because we could have been playing Detroit and we've beaten Detroit. So, you know, I think going into if we'd been going into Detroit Sunday instead of uh, instead of Detroit going to San Francisco, uh, I, I'm kind of liking our odds in that game. I mean, Detroit's a tough team, and mm -hmm. Dan Campbell's got them playing hard, and they've got, you know, great playmakers. And Philip was talking about Jameer Gibbs and, and uh, Amon St. Brown, and they've got some really good playmakers on that team, their new tight end. Uh, uh, but, uh, but we've beat them. And, and I think if we had to go there Sunday, I would like our chances.
but it, you know, it's, it's tough that we won't get a chance to do that, but you can only hope that the guys dig down, use it as a learning experience and figure out how to get better for next year. And uh, like LaFleur said to the, to the guys when they were, you know, going out, uh, he said, look, he said, you know, you started this year with zero expectations. So anything was plus that's over starting next year. There's going to be expectations of the team and you're going to have to live up to that. So, you know, get back in the weight room, get back in the film room, you know, figure out how to get better as a player. And we need to fi figure out how to get better as a team. So then on regards to then uh, getting rid of already with the coordinators roles, who do you, who would you like to see being the, uh, the next one up or the next, Hired to be for a defensive coordinator. Well, I have a personal preference for Jimmy Leonard, uh, and and part of that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm actually a transplant to Wisconsin. I'm not a native of Wisconsin, uh, but I'm one of there's three members of my family: my grandfather, my father, and my daughter, who all went to Wisconsin and graduated from Wisconsin. And uh, I'm, I'm the outlier there. I didn't, the black sheep of the family. But, but you know, Jim Leonard was a Wisconsin, he was a walk-on, 5'8", 180 pounds, walk-on at Wisconsin. He ended up being like one of the top players. He wasn't drafted, undrafted free agent, spent 10 years in the NFL. Um, I think he's in his early 40s, but he's a guy that I think uh, has, you know, three important criteria for success. Number one, He's got the street cred of being able to get in front of the room and say, look, I did this. You know, I played the NFL for 10 years. And I think the players resonate to that. Second thing at, at Wisconsin, when he was defensive coordinator, is Wisconsin recruiting classes were always mid. I mean, they were always, you know, not the best in the league. But he had top five defenses every year with average talent. You know, so he clearly understands, and I don't know that it's all scheme or system or whatever, or just he is able to coach to get kids and get them to understand what to do. But I look at that and I say, that's the number one thing that was missing this year. There's so many missed coverages, missed tackles. I, I think guys didn't necessarily know what to do. And I think Leonard has that ability to teach. And I think that's a key thing. And, and then lastly is that, um, you know, as, as I think about it, he's a defensive back guy. What's the weakness of our defense is the defensive backfield. You know, we've got mm -hmm. Kenny Clark and, and Gary, and, and, and we've got some pretty talented linebackers, but I think we really, you know, the, the secondary is what was killing us. So I think, again, his experience as a player, as a coach, I think he would be a guy that would be a great hire for us. He was actually uh, uh, Matt LaFleur's first choice, but he turned down the job because he wanted to stay at Wisconsin. Um, and then, of course, Wisconsin fired him. And so I, I'm looking at that, and that's that's would be the guy I would hire. I think there's a couple of other pro coaches. The the guy that um, uh, was also in the running at the time, uh, Avero from Carolina, he's actually get, gotten a second interview as a head coach for Atlanta. So who knows if he's even going to be available or not. Um, and then there's two guys for uh, Baltimore. Uh, the, the, for the Ravens defense that they've mentioned. And um, uh, those could be interesting candidates because Baltimore has had a history of strong defense. So they figured out and they've gone through different coordinators. You know, they had Wink Martindale a couple of years ago. Then he left to go to the Giants. Then they put McDonald in and the defense didn't go down. It stayed strong. It stayed a, a very good defense. 
And so I look at that and I think if you coach a guy from a program that has historically run a strong defense, I think, you know, they, they know the secret sauce, how to train their guys, uh, how to develop them, how to teach, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's what we need. We need to have that, you know, that capability in our room. So, so one of those guys, like, you know, I said, Jim Leonard, Avero, or one of the guys from Baltimore, um, to me would be the guys that I would look for. Uh, I heard some people, by the way, say Mike Zimmer, the old Viking coach. No, no, no. A thousand times. No, he's not Packer people. Uh, the NFL got onto his system. His defenses were, you know, when he first took over in Minnesota, they were really good. But over time, they deteriorated because the league kind of figured out that system. And so, um, yeah, no, I am not a Zimmer person, and I hope we do not go with Don Zimmer. I also think that there's a, a scuttlebutt around that he doesn't get along with LaFleur. So hopefully that hopefully that fixes that anyway. But, uh, yeah, those those are the kind of, you know, things that I'm thinking about. And I'm hoping that we, uh, you know, make a, a good hire. Like I said, I, I don't always know. You know, I'm, not, I'm a fan. I'm not a, right. an expert this stuff but i i look at it and i think uh, you know this this will be the hiring decision that fundamentally shapes lafleur's legacy if he gets it right um we're i think you know there's good news but uh um spagnola tree that's an interesting one huh, i hadn't thought about that yeah yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, I don't know anybody that's from this Magnolia tree, but uh, that that's a that, that's a good mention. But anyway, like I said, this is the hire that will determine Lafleur's legacy. If he does a good job and, and makes a good selection, um, then I think the arrows are pointing up. If it's another you know, bomb, then uh, you know we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess we'll see. And I know for me, my number one is. Um, as I said already on social media, being uh, one, at least for me personally, not knowing the ins and outs of if it truly would work, is Wink Martindale, uh, for me from the Giants. Um, and the second, honestly, actually would be Ron Rivera. Um, I think it would be a good fit here. Uh, but there's a lot of good candidates out there, and I'm sure we'll be going to the thorough uh, vetting process and uh, figuring out who we want. Uh, but I know Mary hasn't been able to uh, pipe in or share her thoughts on this. Uh, Mary regards to uh, getting rid of Joe Barry now moving on and and finding our next uh, defensive coordinator on that specific topic there. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, obviously great news for most Packer fans. And who would you like to see personally uh, for your pick to be our next defensive coordinator? Me? Mm-hmm. Are you talking to me? Yep. Okay. Um. I agree, not Zimmer. Um, I don't think Frable either. Honestly, the Titans, former head coach, I don't think he's going to be our defensive coordinator. Um, just because there was rumors of Frable wanting to fire Matt LaFleur before LaFleur was her head coach. So, friendship maybe. Um, Rex Ryan is a possibility from ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard mm-hmm. that one too. Or out Harris, one of those two. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a big get in regards to uh... <laughs> and Rex Ryan actually I think he had coached under Wisconsin's defensive coordinator. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rex Ryan would be, uh, yeah. would be would be a big get, at least I would say, in regards to uh, uh, getting, um, especially coming from ESPN, uh, be able to get him off from there and be. Able- but yeah, either way, um, I, I just hope to be able to get um, get someone good, and you know they, they'll do what best for the Packers and get who who they feel. Uh, Feel his best, but in regards to um, topics, I don't have any really more in that regard. I'm just waiting uh, for my Ravens uh, fan to be able to be here. Um, but um, if you guys have to go, that's fine. Because um, I know Mary, you know, has stuff to focus on, and and, and I'm sure both those too. But um, so if that is um, oh, oh yeah, no. <laughs> Not Rex, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not for Rex. I I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think I don't think Rex has it. Uh, you know, I think he's been out of the league for a while. I just, uh, you know, I, I as I wrote in that post, I think I'd go for somebody younger. Uh, Riverboat Ron, not a bad choice. Um, he's proven to be you know, a, a solid guy uh, on the D, but I, like I said, I'd like to have somebody younger because the players are all young. Right. So I'd like to, you know, somebody that uh, comes in with some energy and, and ability to communicate. So I will, um, I will leave the room. I appreciate mm-hmm. you guys inviting me. Thanks so much. Hopefully I was able to add something coherent. Yes, sir. And, uh, and, and I'll just leave you with one more thought. Go pack, go. Thank you for your time and have a great evening. See ya. See ya. Oh yeah. Uh oh geez. Um but anyways, yeah, I'm just waiting to see if uh be able to uh have uh have my Ravens rep uh be here. He's trying his best, he's getting things done as he's letting us know in the group chat on, on Twitter. And uh and we'll we'll go from go from there. But for right now, like I said, for me, I'm, I'm all top of doubt. I know Mary, um, she has to uh, conserve energy. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll uh, I'll actually, um, if you have to go, I understand um, and be able to, you know, do what you can do. And, and I know for me, I'm going to have to, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wait that much longer for him either, um, just as much as anything else. Um, but I guess one thing we could talk about is that regards to the Packers, we got, we did get a new kicker. Um, we did send someone, uh, at least to be in uh, competition with Anders, 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 whatever, whatever his name is. Um, and, uh, be able to, uh, and see where that goes, uh, for, uh, yeah, for the off season and, uh, into the, um, into the next season. I mean, Mary, regards to the kicking side of things, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, on honors? Do you think we should move on from him, whether it was a competition or not? Because I know some Packer fans are wanting that. For me, I just want to give him another chance. He was a rookie, you know. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, with the competition, he's also a rookie. So that's another thing that is worried. Um, it's just... I don't know. I think we kind of need a veteran, like a Mason Crosby type of player. Um, 
like in the off season to train them how to kick better maybe. But I think, I don't know. I mean, look at how bad Mason did in his first year and then he got better. So it's like a mm-hmm. Javante thing. Like, yeah, you need yeah. to train them better. Talk about that coaching staff, be able to, yeah. Yeah. to get things right. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll have to, right. we'll have to see in regards to, to how that goes. Like I said, in the off season and this competition and whatever else goes on in regards to that position. Um, but, uh, you know, I certainly think it's going to be, a interesting road in that regard for the whole team, you know, whoever our D coordinator is, uh, players we might lose in the yeah. off season, you know, um, will we actually go after someone who knows? Um, but, uh, um, you know, I look forward to what the Packers can be next season, um, and being able to, uh, compete for the NFC North again. Um, and, uh, and that'd be great. You know, we're going to have, it's going to be the mighty North again. You know, we got the Vikings, whatever they're going to do, um, the quarterback situation, um, the line, the lions, you know, being better and maybe defending world champions, who knows, let alone NFC North champions. And then we got the bears and what they're doing and trying to improve and, 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 and be great again. Um, and, you know, for us as Packer fans and for me specifically being able to be spoiled for so long as I was, it was nice. But, you know, now it's different regimes. Jordan Love, now Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be different. It'll be some growing pains. We're going to have to see how things go into the next season and the season after. And for a second year and already for his first year, getting as far as we did in the playoffs already? Come on now. It's a great start to the Jordan Love era. <laughs> and uh, and, we're, and uh, look forward to, to seeing how – how that goes moving forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, we went about an hour here tonight, and I do think as much as I want to hold on for uh, a Ravens fan, I don't know if I, I don't know if he will be able to make I know he's trying his best. Um, but for me, unless there's something else you want to bring up, Mary, I don't think I have any in regards to uh, topics to bring to the table uh, in regards to any more. So you know, it was a fun time. It would have been great to have the, the Ravens fan to be able to uh, – did their his perspective, uh, but something came up, and I, I totally understand that. Fully understand that. Maybe we'll have him next week to review the, the game. Um, but anyways, um, that I guess we'll do it for our episodes before we go. Um, and AJ was unable to make it. He let me know yesterday. Um, but anyways, uh, before we go, Mary, let people know where they can find you, social media, and otherwise. You have the floor. Oh, true. Um, so yeah, you guys can find me on X. Oh, go ahead on the screen now. At Mary Um, you can follow me there personally, or you can follow the podcast, the Mac Podcast Twenty Twenty Three, <laughs> there as well. Um, I know tomorrow it's going to be a recorded episode with who's it with? Real estate. Yeah. So it's going to be with Steve, Justin, and James, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can follow us there on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. And, and yeah. And for me, of course, you can find the show at. Oh, yeah. oh wait, where am I? Oh, geez. At Talking underscore Packers, personal handle at Army underscore Strong underscore. 
06. You can find me on the Instagram at Stephen K double underscore 06. And don't forget, on Snapchat, welcome to find me there, sports guy. And TikTok, TVK underscore 06 there as well. Hope everybody has a great rest of your evening. Look forward to what is to be a great uh, set of games uh, heading into uh, <clears throat> excuse me, heading into the weekend uh, for the AFC and NFC Championship games. Um, and, yeah, bubble all else, as always, take care.